Chapter 73 of The Social War of 1900 or The Conspirators and Lovers. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Social War of 1900 or The Conspirators and Lovers by Simon Landis. Chapter 73 Night of the Wedding. Dr. Juno Shot. Dr. Juno and his dearly beloved Lucinda were amazingly happy and buoyant in spirits amidst all the hubbub that was going on in relation to the great question of the day. He was fully aware that great plottings were going on with his enemies, and although he had banished some of the vile agitators, the newspaper scribes, and had the leading bloody conspirators under bonds, still the beginning of the terrible work had not yet even fairly commenced. Therefore he kept a vigilant eye on his enemies, and the night of the wedding he had ordered a company of picked soldiers to bring their weapons and deposit them in the general's mansion as a little safeguard against contingencies, for he was accustomed, for a quarter of a century, to be annoyed or arrested when he made any manifestation that had a tendency to excite favorable public attention. The night was a beautiful one, the moon dimly illuminating the eastern horizon, and being in the fall of the year, when the gentle draughts of exhilarating air were gratefully quaffed through open doors and windows, which made the festive scenes a most normal and delightful manifestation of a united and affectionate people, leaving nothing to mar the pleasures of joyous hilarity, merry-making, and Christian love. After all the guests had arrived, and everything was being prepared for the nuptial ceremony, a woman could have been observed amongst the numerous guests that congregated around the large parlor windows, which opened to the floor, who was disguised as a humble working-girl, and who kept herself in the midst of the female visitors. She watched every movement of the happy bridegroom, and she worked her way to the side of a window, where she had a clear look of the entire parlor. And when the guests formed a circle for the commencement of the ceremony, and as the minister began to ask Dr. Juno, Wilt thou have this woman?" Nancy Clover, having aimed benown to anyone for Dr. Juno's heart, fired a bullet, and the bridegroom fell to the floor, bleeding immensely, which caused a tremendous commotion. General Armington sprang in the direction from which the pistol was fired, and cried out, "'Arrest the culprit that fired that pistol! No matter who did it, bring him into the parlor!' The naturalist at once formed into a line at the request of a captain, who said, "'Friends and soldiers, do not permit anyone, man, woman, or child, to escape at the peril of his or her own life. We shall learn who fired that fatal shot.' Nancy Clover had, of course, no chance to escape as yet, and what to do puzzled her awfully. She meditated as follows, "'If I remain amongst the crowd I will be detected. Still, I have less chance to escape through this line of people who seem to be armed and ready for action. I look like an humble woman, and I shall act as innocent as a lamb, but I must get rid of this pistol. If I could only slip it into the pocket of one of these servant-girls, it might be that no one could vouch for her honor, and whilst they would accuse her, I should go free. I will feign to be sick and thereby cast myself upon some of these women, when I may find a chance to slip the pistol into someone's pocket. It was glorious that I was standing entirely amongst these females, 
who, like poor geese, all shut their eyes when the pistol went off, hence did not detect me, and they already have their eyes on another person, which relieves me vastly. I shall tell them that the blood of the poor doctor made me sick, which will gull them and give me a chance to escape if all goes as I anticipate." She played her part well, got ill, put the pistol into an old woman's dress-pocket and fainted dead away. A rush was made towards her, then the old lady said, "'Please, do not crowd so this way, but make room so that the air can pass this way, and bring some cold water. This lady has fainted from seeing the blood.' "'Is that all?' responded several. "'I'll soon be better,' sighed the innocent murderess, and verily such was the case, for she felt quadruply better on account of having nothing about her person that could betray her. Dr. Juno was instantly removed to the drawing-room and laid on an easy lounge, whilst three physicians, who were present, naturalists, waited upon him in connection with the faithful bride, who was as pale as a ghost, but uttered not a word until the general asked, addressing the physicians, "'Gentlemen, what are your diagnosis? Does he live yet?' and is there any possibility of his recovery?" "'He revives,' responded one. "'Yes, he seems to be coming too,' said another, when Miss Armington grasped his right hand in her left and placed her right hand upon his forehead, and forcing her life into him said, "'My beloved, you are better.' This caused him to say, "'Yes, darling, I only fainted. But who struck me?' "'No one, my love,' said she. "'Please, do not deceive me, precious one. I even now feel it here,' exclaimed he, pointing to the left side of his chest. "'Someone shot you,' said the general. "'But I thank God you are alive, and devoutly pray that you will soon be well.' "'Thank you, dear father,' said Dr. Juno, and added, "'Doctor, see if the bullet, or whatever struck me, entered into my thorax.' The physicians probed the bullet-hole, but found it had struck a rib and glanced off, making merely a bad flesh-wound. End of chapter 73